myself and my good friend Noah Phillips alongside me today. And guys, we have a little announcement to make. More like more like a little bit of a celebration. Well, Noah, take it away. Well, Ben, w- me and you both know what it's like to be winners. We do. We do know. We, we do. When you wake up in the morning and your coffee tastes a little bit better. That's when right. you go to work and that commute does not feel as long as it usually does. That's right. It's hot outside and you don't sweat no. like you usually do. I don't do. sweat it ever. You put on just some regular clothes and you look fine. Yes, sir. You know it. Yes, and sir. And you go to sleep at night and your bed feels as soft as ever. Yes, sir. That is how I have felt this whole week. I mean, for me, that's a day in the life, but... <laughs> I, I, have felt, Noah. I have felt like I've been on cloud nine... All week, and I have felt oh, man. fantastic. Oh, man. And you want to know why? Why is that? Because the first place winner. Who was it? Of the Singapore Grand Prix. Oh, yeah, that place. Was Carlos Sainz, My otherwise man. known as a driver for the Formula One team called the Ferraris. Ferrari. We had the Red Boys coming in first for a long, for the, what feels like, for the first time in forever. It feels like that. To quote my favorite movie, Frozen. And you know what, though? It's going to happen this weekend when F1 takes its circus to Suzuka. I don't know about that, but ah, I, I've also be. I've also got to get a little gloat in because though Noah didn't predict that Carlos Sainz would win, I did. And I just want to say, you know, you're a Ferrari fan. I did that almost purely out of sympathy because y'all were having a hard time. But guess what? It wound up being correct. I, I said, I said, Charles Leclerc, no way, Carlos signs. And guess what? He did it. He pulled it off. And it was actually, it was a thrilling race. Um, you know, there was there was a ton of action. Um, although I wish, here's one thing that I noticed, and this is a common complaint from a lot of other teams. Um, the the front running cars when they find themselves further back in the grid will actually treat the other other teams as though they're just in the way. And so there's not a ton of driving respect or standards for front-of-the-pack teams racing in the back of the pack. So that's a concern that I'd like to see addressed. Well, you know, you know some of these back markers just need to get out of the way, Ben. Good but see, Lord. But see, they don't because they have points at stake too, you know. Like, like Perez hitting Albon, for example – is kind of a big deal, you know? Like, it's a big deal to Williams. It cost them a ton of points. That mattered because Albon was running pretty well and Perez put some major, major damage on his car and likewise did the same thing later on in the race that forced a retirement for Logan Sargent. So, well, that said, I just, I don't know. I, I wanted to get that off my chest. Like, front-running drivers should should respect the space of backmarker cars in the same way that they would a competitor in an equal car well that's should, my thought you should try to get on the board of the fia yeah maybe to, maybe at, there would be someone competent there for once be the change you want to see in the world Ben. i mean i totally could i could run that show um and then they would have somebody who's a little bit better than who they have currently because it's a joke right now Rounding out the top five of the Singapore Grand Prix, Carlos Sainz finishing first, followed by Lando Norris of the McLaren in second, 
followed by Lewis Hamilton in third of the Mercedes. Uh, Ferrari getting a 1-4 with Charles Leclerc finishing fourth and in fifth. The front runner of the driver's standings, Max Verstappen. Yes. Bear in mind that he did start 11th. Six places on a street circuit is pretty impressive. Yeah, and a- he almost, almost pulled off a pass on Leclerc. They said that if that race had gone on any longer, I mean, he passed Leclerc as soon as the checkered flag was waved. It was close. Well, yeah, but you want to know what the thing is? It doesn't go on any longer. No, it doesn't. It and doesn't. He didn't make the pass in time. And he caught Leclerc by over four seconds in the last five laps. And I think he was 35 seconds ahead on lap 10, or with 10 laps remaining, rather. So it, it was a pretty impressive showing from Verstappen. Leclerc was running out of time, but he did just enough to hold him off, which was really, really exciting at the end of the race. Um, that was a that was a sneak peek of what the rest of the, the season could have been like had Red Bull not been involved. Not and possibly what next season is going to look like whenever – when everyone catches up. Possibly if Red Bull begins to fail a little bit, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't know. I've heard some good good things out of Ferrari. They've said that they're uh, ditching their concept. And that's a great thing. Yeah, and, and the same was, was said uh, at Mercedes, that they are both they've extra- – they're focusing on extracting the maximum potential out of their existing concept so that when their improved one comes out, they're going to take everything they've learned and apply it to a new aerodynamic concept. So there is some risk to that, I will say. Um, but th- the thing is, at the end of the day, aerodynamics are for people who can't build engines. All right, we've learned this throughout history. Wow. That, that is that needs to be Ferrari's number one focus. It's just <laughs> building a bigger and better engine. I don't care what the FIA says. I mean, that's kind Put of some true. some diesel fuel in there if you need to. That's just illegal. That's kind of true, though. Like, aerodynamics are secondary to engines. If you build an aerodynamically sound car, um, and I mean, Red Bull, Red Bull, I will say, has made the best aerodynamic car, the best and most aerodynamic car this season, with slightly less power from the power unit, but a lot more reliability, um, and so that they can run it at its maximum potential. Like, other teams have to adjust the power based off of the demands that are being put on the engine, the Honda power unit's pretty consistent. Sorry, Red Bull powertrains is pretty consistent um, throughout the season. You haven't noticed a lot of dip and pace. Nor a lot of reliability coming from that engine outside no. of a few spare spots in the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, there was one or two. And they were both AlphaTauri affected and not Red Bull affected because those are. it's up to the teams to make the reliability improvements to the engine. And so... After those were made, Red Bull did a better job than AlphaTauri because, you know, they had more time and resources because they're a bigger team. But, yeah, all that to say, if if Ferrari and Mercedes spend most of their time developing a good engine for 2026, which is when the new engines will come out, there is an engine freeze in effect from 2022 to 2025. So after the 2025 season, the start of the 2026 season, there will be new power units on the grid using a smaller uh, engine size, more hybrid power, but they got rid of the MGUH. So all that to say, there could be some major, major shifts in the field. If not, if not now, then 2026. Like just, just, I'm, I'm very looking forward to the future of the sport. And speaking of the future of the sport, 
You got something to say. We'll, we'll get into that later. We need to, fin oh, we need to finish on. going through this race. I'm That's, so excited. We'll, we'll do a preview. I'm so excited we'll, we'll about the future. Okay, we'll talk about it later, guys. But, just um, stay with us. Just stay with us. Just bear with us for a little bit. The uh, rest of the point skitters in the Singapore Grand Prix, finishing sixth, Pierre Gasly of Alpine, finishing seventh, Oscar Piastri of McLaren, finishing eighth, Sergio Perez of Red Bull Racing, fin uh, ninth, Liam Lawson of AlphaTauri trying to get his seat, and finishing 10th is Kevin Magnuson for Haas, which is their first point of the season, right? I don't think so. Uh, it feels like it, <laughs> it is, It feels man. like it's the first time in forever. Again, I keep saying that. But, um, yeah, Haas has scored. It's 12. 12, 12 I just points. Looked it up. So that, yes. they were 11 coming okay. into this. They're 8th now in the standings. Uh, previously one up on Alfa Romeo, now they're two up. Uh, a major improvement. <laughs> a major improvement. That's that's the thing that's going to get you big bucks down the line. Oh yeah, big money. Uh, but yeah, there was there was no your your prediction for uh, three full yellows did not come to fruition, but we did have four caution periods during that race. With four DNFs. With four DNFs. So you were off by one on each, which is really impressive. Yeah. Um, if you want to include sa virtual safety cars into your calculation. I know the uh, FIA changed the script on me at the yeah, last Yeah, they did. They, 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 sent, they sent me to the third draft instead of the final draft. Yeah. <laughs> Noah, Noah had um, the yet-to-be-edited copy of the script for the Singapore race. Um, uh, those that did not finish were... Yeah. Uh, George Russell of Mercedes finishing on the 61st lap. Valtteri Bottas of Alfa Romeo on the 51st lap. Esteban Alcon of Alpine in the 42nd lap. And Yuki Tsunoda of AlphaTauri, who did not get off the starting line. Nope. And there, I, I got to say, though, that race, there was there were some very interesting points of that race. Um, especially, you know, the towards the end when you got that iconic quote, I'm doing it on purpose. You doing know, it on boy. That was amazing. And I just want to say, like, Carlos's win, I, I felt like we could see multiple, multiple race wins from him in in the coming years. Um, I'm not sure if he's vying for a number one seat because Charles Leclerc is just that talented. Just not that lucky. But not that lucky, right? Yeah. Carlos Sainz is a lot more consistent, and he's putting himself in positions to get better luck than Charles Leclerc is. Like, for Charles, it's his race to lose. Every single time something goes wrong, it's his race to lose. When it's Carlos, it's always his race to win. And and that that transitional period uh, during the Singapore race with the safety cars and the pit stops, Carlos held on just fine. I don't know if Charles would have. I think there could have been some kind of mistake that could have happened to him outside of his own doing. Especially if Lando Norris was on on his axle yeah. trying to pass him. That yeah. definitely could have been a mistake. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think Charles is slightly more mistake prone um than than Carlos. So I mean Because Charles is not a smooth operator. No. That's and the I was going problem. I I, I should have put out a tweet on that. Because you he have. you need to tweet more, man. He he you gave us X. he gave us a great radio moment here. Our show's namesake uh, Carlos Sainz dropped our name after he finished singing singing the iconic song that I'm not gonna sing 
because we named our show after he's a smooth operator yeah noah's got it (laughs) don't don't sue me smooth operator don't don't sue me universal (laughs) studios whoever owns that song i doubt it's universal studios i bet it's like somebody old yeah anyways great race lots of action um it was i was kind of surprised it had me dozing in the middle of it kind of at the start and then it picked up and then slowed down and then picked up and then slowed down but it just seemed like there wasn't a boring point of the race it was just there were boring moments you know like i couldn't find a specific instance in time and say oh yeah there was nothing interesting going on because there was always something right yeah and with it being a new track i think that was a little bit of the appeal of it or yeah. not excuse me a new updated, track but an, an updated, updated track, track. yeah that the I changes think, definitely helped the racing i will say yeah, it felt a whole lot faster and a lot more action-packed. But do you want to know something that's not action-packed? What's that? Us, because we're going to have to go to a commercial <laughs> break. smooth. That was smooth. That I'm was quite so smooth. proud of that one. But don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be back in just a few minutes to talk more about Andretti Motorsports and other contract talk. We'll see you in just a second here on Weagle 91.1 FM in conjunction with the Auburn Sports Network. We're not actually looking. Hello and welcome back into WEGL. You're listening to Smooth Operators and we're about to break down Andretti Motorsport potentially becoming the 11th F1 team on the grid either next year or uh, in the coming years. Uh, I mean, I'm excited for it. They're going to have Cadillac uh, joining them, being their engine supplier. They will be based in the U.S. with a support facility in the U.K., so that means that America has taken a stronghold in the F1 Circus. Haas is no longer the only American team. So they say. So they say. Um, They intend. It's all about intent. Intent does not necessitate execution, as they always say. You know, uh, um, oh, what's the phrase? Um, Intent does not always mean execution. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how I think it goes. But I want to say... Like, from the bottom of my heart, nothing would make me happier than seeing an American-based, American-sponsored team. That would just bring so much joy to my heart. And I, I'm i all for Andretti. I would support them through thick and thin. I, I'm pledging my support right now. If they join F1, which I don't think they will, but if they do and have all-American drivers... um. You would not see me supporting any other team except for Andretti unless I'm giving my unbiased podcasting opinions, which are, I'd say, fairly neutral. Wouldn't you, Noah? I don't think they're that neutral. Mine isn't that No, you're, you're a Ferrari I, I am a Ferrari homer, my boy. I, 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 try, to, I try to stay on on the neutral ground in terms of like my, my racing opinions, but you know, when it comes down to what team I support, doesn't really matter. Actually, you know what? I'd suggest that you guys try to guess that and send your guesses to me on Twitter. That uh, you won't check. Reach out to at Smop Podcast, and we'll, we'll put a post up later. Um, if you feel 
like it, you can try and guess what team I support. Um, you know, just for fun. Anyways, uh, what was I saying? Andretti. Yes. Yes, but only so, reach out to our Twitter if you feel so inclined. Yes. Like I said, if you feel like it, do feel it. Like it. Feel like it. If you feel like it, you should. If you don't feel like it, then don't. Don't feel um, pressure. No um, pressure from us at all. Other big thing about Andretti, they've been in IndyCar for a long time. They've got some big wins over there. I think they won uh, the 500 a couple of years ago. Uh, they've also been a big part of Formula E. Currently, their drivers have um, five wins along with seven poles uh, inside the very young sport that is Formula E with Jake Dennis and Andre Loiter. I hope I did not pronounce that name wrong. But, um, it's okay. Again, they've been a real facet of the motorsports world. Of course, Mario Andretti, one of the more famous race car drivers uh, before our time. And then, yes. of course, his family. Michael, that, who raced in Formula One. Marco, who raced in IndyCar. I mean, there's they are the premium uh, F1 slash... Actually, you know what? They're they're just the premier motorsports family in the United States. Um, Mario immigrated from Poland when he was very very young. Um, just just a real American dream story here uh, for us. You know, just great successes. But yeah, Mario Andretti was the last driver to win the drivers' championship under the American flag. Uh, Michael Andretti was the last driver to score a point from America. Um, and I'm just curious. Oh, hey, they replaced – they replaced – never mind. No, they didn't. Never never mind. Scratch that. They are currently running several several large programs. Uh, yeah, like Formula One, Extreme E. Uh, they have an IndyCar. They have an IndyCar team. They have an Indy NXT team. Uh uh, IMSA sports car team. Uh, they race in supercars in Australia. I mean, they're just very, very, very involved. And what's what's interesting about that is they have all of these teams. How are they going to afford Formula One with all of that, with all of that overhead from all of those major teams? That's my concern. What's going to stop them from? just passing it off to basically being a Cadillac works team with them being the title or the, yeah, the title sponsor. And it just becomes this large corporate funded corporate led, um, motorsports team, just like Alpine basically. Um, I just don't see that being a thing that the FIA is super excited about or well, the other teams. Cause it's already happening. Yep. The big thing is uh, announced today, earlier today, read it in class. The FIA will reportedly reject three bids for expansion onto the F1 grid uh, in advance with Cadillac-based Andretti Global. Three rejected bids were filed by Hitch, High Tech Grand Prix. Oh, they they rejected High Tech? Yeah, they rejected them. uh, Rodden, Carlin, and Lascanzons. That was the least legit one. Roden, Roden Carlin is a major F2 sponsor, and they build and engineer their own cars, which are basically F1 cars, but designed without any of the FIA restrictions. So they're quick. They are. They're hypercars for the track. But I'll, So 
that said, I think the yeah. biggest problem is Andretti and Cadillac is a big brand here in the United yeah, States. They're and huge, I, and I know that Liberty Media and the FIA are trying to branch into this market. They are ever so slightly. This news coming from uh, RoadandTrack.com. If in case you were well, wondering, that is that's a that's a legit source right there. That is a legit source. You you don't doubt Road and Track. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but with Andretti Global coming on, they've had some success in Formula E. They've had success in IndyCar. I'm sure they've had success in Indy, or not Indy, but IMSA. Yeah. Um, uh, I think this is great for the sport. I would think they'd come in at 2026 when the engines change. Yeah, that's that's my thought as well. Um, the fact that they the FIA has still said it's okay for um, – Oh, dude, that, how do you pronounce that? What, the... Uh, yeah, the last one? <laughs> L-Y-K Sons. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't even know. Um, Yeah, Andretti won Formula E, like we said. It's in it's in IMSA GTP currently with Acura, I think, or is it Cadillac? It's Cadillac. Yeah, it's Cadillac. Um, They're in IMSA GTP right now, which are... You know, ba- very, very competitive single-seater, like, sports cars. Um, they race in Le Mans. Yeah, it is Acura. That was correct originally. But um, GM GM's huge, right? Biggest car manufacturer in the country, I would Argue say. that it's the most recognizable here in the United States. Easily. Yeah. Easily. You tell somebody what... What would you think of when you hear the word truck? Somebody's going to Chevy, right? Yep. Or GMC, yep. right? And you want to hear a car, they also probably will think of a Chevy. And they are huge. They're huge internationally, too. GM is huge across the globe because they have Opel, Vauxhall. Um, who else? Holden. They used to have Holden before they closed down. Um, and several of those other internationally known brands that have some history behind them as well so like what you're looking at is an international global giant in auto manufacturing sponsoring what are you laughing at Greg's he, te- <laughs> he texts me and asks asks me some questions I'll tell you, after. I'll tell you <laughs> okay well yeah but you have you have GM who's just as you know massive right and then you have Andretti who is a giant in motorsports but not ever entered f1 so i I don't see any reason why the fia hasn't just outright said yes all they've done is said we haven't said no and we've said no to everybody else and andretti global does still have some way to go uh this is no way the final buck no with the fia approval system the buck stops when they have a car built and the FIA says, okay, you can race it. The buck stops in Bahrain, basically. In Bahrain of like 2030. Exactly. It's going to yeah. be such a long, drawn-out process that it's just going to cost them a ton of money. I think what the FIA might be doing is they're making this process so difficult so that it's not even worth the investment. I think it's just going to be so much lawyers and all of this other ugly stuff that I don't want to be involved in, but... You know, the FIA is kind of poly-blocking, if you will, Andretti from entering immediately. And I think it's probably got a lot to do with the teams. 
this is conspiracy that goes all the way to the top. But it has to do with like the teams who are actively lobbying to keep to keep any new teams card, out. Yeah. yeah, because 10 teams means that they get an ideal split, right? 11 means that they don't get as much of the cut. And exactly. and Liberty Media and Formula 1, this is not FIA related. But Formula 1, the FIA is fine with Andretti. So like Mohammed bin Salam totally cool with Andretti and actually called out F1 and uh, Liberty Media for being exclusive because the FIA is taking this slow because Formula One itself hasn't announced anything about Andretti. So, yeah. F- but Andretti has announced a lot. <laughs> yeah, they've been saying a lot for like a year and a half. They're now. ready to go, man. They want to go, and you know what? As as long as F1 doesn't approve their entry, the FIA can't approve their entry. And so what we have here is basically the F1 teams are blocking Andretti from entering into F1, which means it, even if they get FIA approval, if F1 doesn't say they can race, they can't. Yeah. And that'll be a big issue. Um, the real question is who do they get to drive? Oh, we, man. You know, I know we have, we have like two minutes. Oh, man. One minute to talk about contracts. We can wait to the next. Dream lineup is Colton Herter and Lando Norris. Dream lineup is um, Kevin Harvick and <laughs> Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart. Get out of the way. <laughs> You're uh, not allowed on track if those two guys are out there. Uh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> no Marshall is safe. No Marshall <laughs> is safe. And, well, folks, we are about to have to go to a PSA break. When we get back, we may talk a little contract, but the one thing we will be talking about is what, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful tracks on the F1 circuit in Suzuka. It's the best. We'll be back in just a minute. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back to the Smooth Operators Podcast. Hey, turn it down. Turn it down, dog. What? Down? What? What are you talking about? The intro. What are you talking about? Nothing. I'm just giving you a hard time. Anyways, welcome back to the Smooth Operators Podcast. We're being a little silly in the studio today. Your good friend Ben McClurkin here. Noel Phillips on the board. Um... And you know what's on the board for us today? The lovely, lovely circuit of Suzuka, Japan. Uh, one of the most iconic tracks in Formula One history. Host of several championship deciding moments, including last year. Um, and we we actually called that he would win there last year. Last year. So, anyhow. Um, Japan. Great track. Uh, lots of interesting corners. You've got Spoon. You've got Degner. You have um, <clears throat> what? What is it called? That that huge straightaway. Um, the you've got the Ferris wheels, the fans, the atmosphere. The pit lane is interesting. It's a little sketchy. Um, man, it's it's just it's just a great track. It just really is. It's one of the best ones on. This tail end of the schedule, which is saying a lot, because there's a lot of good tracks. I know. Since the um, what you call it, um, 
Griggs says, boo you both. We boo you right back, Griggs. Return boo. Return return boo. Well, boo. it's it's our our his boo for us is unrelated to the show. It is. It's it is. it's more of it's more of a personal joke that we have between it is. It is. Um, us and him. But Suzuka though. Suzuka. One of the best tracks on the F one circuit has yes. given us very very many iconic moments, including uh lining up on the wrong side. Lining up on the wrong side, um, I will just crash you myself if that's what I have to do to win this championship. Happened. It happened, and it was awesome. Twice. Twice. It was awesome both It was insane. It was insane. Um, First race held in 1987. Um, Just, oh, man. A minute 30 by Lewis Hamilton, 2009's lap record. That's that's impressive. I mean, that's really fast. Yeah. A minute one thirty point nine, which is basically one thirty one. Um, I currently am proud of the fact that I did it in a one thirty four in the F one game with a controller. So shout out me. Wow. Ooh. 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 Why don't you buy a wheel? Uh, cause I'm broke. Ooh. I would love. I would love a wheel. Do you so, have an extra wheel? No. I got my steering wheel in my truck. I'll take that. In my pickup truck. I'll take that. We both oh. drive Tacomas, Tacoma gang. Indeed. Indeed. And we're talking about Formula One. I know. And yet we drive pickup trucks. It's kind of crazy. It's awesome. Um, uh, the Suzuka w- Circuit website is in Japanese. Just a heads up. If if <laughs> anybody wanted to use it, they now can't. Um, I'm going to have to translate this whole page. The other big thing, I think the most famous part of this track is those S's uh, oh, in the, the first S's. sector. Uh, every single S is different in a way. Yes. Um, you got to take them at different speeds. It kind of, it's interesting because the, the corners vary so significantly, but they look the exact same. You think you can approach the S's the same way in, in each one. So it's, it's weird. It's just a weird set of corners, and it's really easy to screw up. And it's fun to watch as spectators both there and on TV. Boy, isn't it? And the cars, I mean, even like a slow lap is is so thrilling because it looks like they're going a thousand miles an hour. It's one of the few tracks that makes the cars look fast, and that's something that's getting rarer and rarer as we move more towards these parking lot tracks. And I'm gonna go on this whole nostalgic conversation. I think like, you oh, and most fans are the same way. Oh, traditional circuits are better. Blah 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 blah. There's one. DRS zone, I am so happy about that. And it's the home straight. And what's even crazier is, like, the DRS detection zone is, like, not near it. No, because it plays it plays such a little part in the actual racing. And guess what? That's where some of the best racing has been traditionally. With DRS and without DRS, it's been the best. Like, the passes, most of the passing that you'll see at turn 15 is just foot. who can go faster. Basically, yep. who's going faster and who's more committed, and that commitment is is evident in the success of the drivers. Um, I I'm such a huge fan of Suzuka. It's one of it's like the first track to uh, have have a uh, what's it called an over under bridge thing where the cars drive on top of one another, like uh, Mario Kart Eight Circuit Eight. You know what I'm talking about. 
I mean, that happens. No, it's not Mario. It's not it Mario happens Kart. in Mario Kart several times. No, but there's one where it's like the big, that's like the big draw of it. Yeah. And it's like yeah. the first track. I think it's like Mario Kart 7, maybe. No, that's, I don't remember. But if you if you remember um, the Luigi circuit. Yeah, that's it. It's the Luigi circuit. Yeah, like one of the OG tracks in Mario Kart. That was actually somewhat modeled after uh, Suzuka. Fun fact. It's like a shortened version of Suzuka. It is. That's kind of the that's kind of the point of it. Yeah, it is. Because uh as you know, Mario Kart was created by Nintendo, which is a Japanese company, and they love F one. Um anywho, great track. Uh certainly good spots to watch. Um one thirty R is just Ooh, ooh, it's so good. Turn fifteen, one thirty R. Watch watch there because it's it's just out of a pure straightaway, like the straightest straight you get. And then there's this slight kink, but it's a slight kink that extends for so long that if you extend your run, you can go wide, and then you have to slam on the brakes for a chicane. If you get it perfectly, you carry so much speed in the chicane that you could mess that up too. You could break too late. You could break too early. doesn't matter. You'll, you'll mess up the chicane. Someone's going to mess it up. And it's just such a good track. Oh, it's so good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna geek out on. My in own. in terms of like the rest of the season, um, after Japan, you have Collider, not a bad track. Qatar, Qatar, Jesus Christ. Um, it's okay, bud. You have Coda, Mexico, Brazil, Las Vegas, and Abu Dhabi. Not a lot of time left after no. this race. No. Um, so if Max Verstappen wins here, uh, I think it's all but confirmed he'll win it. Oh, he won't be able to clinch it here. He'll be able to clinch it either in Qatar, United States, or Mexico. Yeah. Um, maybe it'll be United States. Maybe. Maybe. And then the, possibly, you know, you let you have uh, you let your teammate win Mexico. Lewis can win Brazil. Uh, Logan Sargent can win Las Vegas, or Dan, Danny Rick can win Las Vegas, mm. and Abu Dhabi can be won by. Anybody. Do you know that somebody in Weagle? Is going to um, Abu Dhabi. Yes, yeah, he's got tickets. Yeah, Stone. Yeah, yeah. We need to have him on here. Ask him about his experience. We we will give him an interview. We promise you guys that we will give him an interview. Nah, let's not after prom- the finale. Let's not promise them anything. He's he's coming in anyways. He's already available. Ah, well, yeah. we can make that. We can make that guarantee. Well, don't make that guarantee. You never can't tell. If man. Griggs were here, he'd give me a funny look right now. So yeah, exactly. That's. He's and not and you just did too. So you know what? Fine. No promises, but we well, we'll try. very sincerely will make an we'll, effort to get Stone on here so we can interview him about the events of the finale see, of my, the season. My thing is like, if you go there, a hot dog's got to be like three hundred dollars. Oh man, like there's hot dog. no way anything there is affordable. No, there's no there's way. There's no way. And like, and we, there's no way it's as good, the hot dogs are as good as they are here in, in Auburn. Yeah, even though they're already $6 here. We're dealing with some crazy inflation here stateside, yeah. but I cannot imagine the prices in Saudi Arabia. Speaking of tickets, if you want to go to Suzuka this weekend right now, you can get general admission for $93. What? If you want to sit in an actual like seat, it'll be 309 Okay. Wow. Yep. 96 just to get in. Good luck. Good luck indeed. Uh, if you want to sit in, an, if you want to sit in the grandstand, three hundred or excuse me, seven hundred thirty-four. Uh, if you want to join the Paddock Club Friday through Saturday, it'll be three thousand and seventy-one 
dollars. No thanks. Nah, you ain't got that kind of money. I don't have that kind of money at the moment. Broke. I know. Uh, if you want to do it Friday <laughs> through Sunday, that would be ten thousand six hundred fifty-five. Oh, oh, oh. Yep. it is expensive to go to a Formula One race. Yes. Um, <laughs> us poverty fans have to watch it at home on TV. Uh, yes. Um, we have to pay for our. Man, what is even TV called nowadays? Streaming, streaming services. Streaming service. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, I miss the good old days of cable. See, I miss speed. I miss speed. You know what I'm talking about? Bring it back. When you watch. Um, I used to watch NHRA drag racing and then NASCAR daily and then like some random dirt bike hill climb event on Saturdays. It was amazing. I'll tell you what else is going to be amazing. This race. This race, man. Uh, if you didn't know, the qualifying for it will be tomorrow at 1 a.m. Whoop, whoop. So, Wait, know, technically how, tonight. Technically tonight. If you're in uh, Pacific time. Indeed. Tonight at 12 o'clock a.m. Um, are you staying up, Noah? Uh, probably not for qualifying, but the race will be Sunday at 12 a.m., otherwise known as Saturday Saturday night plus Saturday one night. hour. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm excited uh, for watching this race. We After- got a whole day of good TV ahead of us. We I got football. a whole college football slate. Ooh, it's gonna be fun. Oh, that college football slate's so good. There are some great matchups. Uh, if you if you pay attention to college football, you will know what we are talking about. And also, it's really nice to wrap up the day with a good hearty F1 race. Good old hearty F1 race. It. Good, clean fun at, at 12 o'clock at night. You know, they say nothing good happens after midnight, but I can assure you that this race will be one thing that is good after midnight. Speaking of um, big-time games and having fun at night, tonight, uh, if you're listening to this on Friday live on the radio, we will be broadcasting Auburn Volleyball versus Florida, the first-ever top 25 matchup inside Neville Arena, if you like my voice, I will be on the call. Uh, game starts at 6.30. We'll most likely be starting the um, uh, pregame show about 6.24-ish, most likely. Mm. Um, so if you're interested anyway, Auburn Sports, or you just like listening to my voice, I recommend you give us a listen either here on WEGL 91.1 FM or on the Auburn Athletics app. But you know what we're going to do after that? In before that, what's that? We're gonna go to a wait, hang on a minute. PSA break. Wow, uh, we're gonna say that was a great transition, wasn't it? Hang on a second. Yeah, that was great. That was great. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> all right, we're gonna transition to a PSA break. When we come back, we'll be doing our predictions for this Japanese Grand Prix. Don't go anywhere, folks. You're listening to Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into the Bradley Basin studio. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Week 91.1 FM. If you missed it, we have a race this weekend in Suzuka, uh, otherwise known as the Japanese Grand Prix. And we are going to jump into some predictions for you. Uh, the end of practice, too, just so you know, Ben was headed off by Max Verstappen with a time of one minute one. and 30. This was practice, too. Yeah, I know. as was practice one. Yeah, as one practice. Yeah. 
followed by Charles Leclerc and Lando Norris. Yes. So, after what what appears to be a Red Bull resurgence. um, Appears. What appears to be a Red Bull resurgence. Looks can be liars. Which can be false. Griggs has decided to predict Charles Leclerc on pole, which is quite interesting. You know, he's not lying, though. He's not lying. Charles Leclerc is probably he's you know he's gonna be looking for revenge. They got a fast car. Uh, I think Charles Leclerc will also get a podium or not a podium but pole. You think Charles Leclerc will also get pole? I personally predict that it'll be Max Verstappen. Um, I think the energy shifted. I think the momentum has changed. I think Max is looking to strike back like a pit viper who has been cornered. I think he's going to take pole by, I think, maybe even a tenth. Ah, I just think you're lying. As for through my teeth, our, totally. our average just random prediction, Griggs Blankenberg has both Ferraris in the top five. I think he should have said top three, maybe even top two. Um, Whoa. My average prediction will be that the Alpines uh, – get double points they haven't looked good in practice but i think they just haven't done it in a while i think they'll have a good showing over here in suzuka i think we see mclaren's both in the top five five top five top five top do you think one of them gets a podium or do you think it's four or five We'll get into that when I say my podiums. Ooh, ooh! I'll leave you hanging on that. Ooh, that was a good one. That was a good one. Yes. Now for the ever so popular crazy, crazy prediction. I, I think we should let Griggs's be last. I think so too. Because that is absolutely cray cray. I mean, I talked about it with him. I feel like he just stole my little nugget. Yeah, it's he okay. did. It's he okay. stole it from you. It's okay. No, he didn't. It he was totally you. original on his part, but it's not really. All right, well, Ben, what is your crazy prediction? My crazy prediction is that we see – I say that we see rain in qualifying, not in the race. And because of rain in qualifying, ooh, who's going to have a spin? I'm trying to think of a driver specifically to have a spin that hasn't had a spin all season. Guan Yu Zhou is going to have a spin in a wet qualifying. That's my crazy prediction. And that will lead to some shakeup in the normal. I believe that there will be a caution flag at the end of qualifying one caused by a Guan Yu Zhou spin into the gravel trap. And that will end qualifying one with certain key players in the championship for second knocked out because of his mistake. Well. Only um, one way to find out if that's uh, true. Um, yeah, only one way to see what happens. Um. My crazy prediction is a bee at some point will find its way onto the track. A bee. A bee. Okay. A bee, a bee will find its way onto the track, maybe into the pit wall. We I don't had know. Lizards last race. Li- bees this time. Lizard bees. Um, we get to Vegas. It's just going to be some grandma. Um, <laughs> That's my a, favorite kind of animal. <laughs> a bee will somehow get onto the track. And sting somebody. And wow. They will, commentary will be going insane in the membrane. And as for Griggs, his crazy prediction, 
Sebastian Vettel says he wants to return to racing. You already he, did say that. Well, that's that's what he has here. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. That was my whole point. But well, look at that. He already got one right. Look at that. Good look, job, Greg. Boy, Greg. That a boy. Um, if you didn't know, reason I'm saying B is Sebastian Vettel painted some of the curbs black and yellow uh, for the bees that have been. Well, what's the word? It's not planted. Allowed to live near the Suzuka circuit. Protected. Protected. Yeah, there, there you go. go. Conservation always a good thing. Uh, always a good thing. Um, F1 cars hitting conserved bees not a good thing. So good job, Sebastian Vettel, for saving the bees. Heck yeah. Um, because Lord knows honey is something that is very sweet and very good. As for podium, uh, we'll do Griggs Blankenberg first. P3 Sir, Sir Lewis Hamilton, P2 mm-hmm. Charles Leclerc, and P1. Man, so unoriginal. Max Verstappen. Wow, good job, Griggs. That boy. That way. That way to get name the best driver safe. from each top three team. Wow. We should get a slow clap for that. I'm not going to. You can do the applause. I Thank mean, you. I can try and find one if you want to go. We ahead had it. Podium. Oh, we had it. We had one in here. Yeah. Anyways, you know what we can do though. You can predict. I can predict. I'm oh. okay. You know what? I've got you. I've got you. You ready for this? Yeah. With each prediction, click that. P1, Max Verstappen. You're not clicking it. you got to click it. Oh, wait, my bad, yeah. P1, Max Verstappen. P2, Lando Norris. P3, Carlos Sainz. Obviously, we like, Got me have, there. we like to have fun here. Uh, I'll do mine quickly because you already know what I'm about to say. Oh, Griggs, he, Griggs is defending himself in the chat right now. Uh, well, we're not going to let him do that. Uh, no. Our opinion is correct. Uh, his is not. I'm going to go with P3. I'm going to go with Lando Norris. Uh, P2, Max Verstappen. Mm. And you already know my P1, folks. Charles Leclerc bringing it home for the Prancing Horses. I expect that to happen. I, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't besides something crazy going on. But we're about to have to get out of here. Ben, do you feel like you accomplished anything today? I mean, I I got Griggs to say that Carlos is better than Charles. What you mean um, in the chat? We, we did accomplish a lot here. Well, we've offended our co-hosts, so we did a great job. Uh, if you didn't know, Griggs on the way to Texas or college Texas station, A&M. Texas A&M, yes, one of those sir. things. Uh, not as good as Texas A&M Commerce. But we'll see you next Friday here on Legal 91.1 FM for another edition of Smooth Operators. You can find this podcast or you can listen to it on any of your favorite podcast platforms. But we'll see y'all next time. That's all we have today for Smooth Operators, Weagle's exclusive F1 show. In case you missed some of the show or just want to relive all your favorite parts, check us out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Till next time, this has been the smoothest operators of Weagle 91.1 FM.